0: Greetings and welcome to the first edition of Wrestling Oz Style with myself, Chris Funder, and my excellent co-host, Mr. Alex Williams. Alex, how are you today? Yeah, awesome, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. So this is just going to be more of an overview of how we uh, got into wrestling, how we sort of um, became friends, and what our wrestling is like today, what we watch. Um, do you want to start, Alex?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Basically, I've been watching wrestling my entire life. Like, my nan, my Lola, for all you Filipino listeners out there, um, she had been watching wrestling since the 70s, and our house had always had VHS tapes of wrestling in there, and there's actually a photo of me as like a three-month-old toddler, and in the background you can see uh, Andre the Giant wrestling Hulk Hogan on the television set, and it was from WrestleMania 4 in the WWF Championship Tournament. So wrestling's always been a part of my life, and... Uh, my father's a massive wrestling fan as well. And yeah, it's always been a part of our family to my mother's disgust. (laughs) But she's a very nice lady, your mother. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she
0: is. (laughs) Um, for myself, getting into wrestling, a lot of people have heard me on other podcasts like, uh, Notable, Canadian-branded wrestling podcasters will be quite shocked to learn I'm not the one who got into wrestling first. It was actually Alex. And I remember being in primary school and being friends with Alex, and he invited me around to his house one day. And lo and behold, wrestling was on the TV, and it sort of started from there around 96, 97 maybe, sort of WWF and WCW, because I do remember shortly afterwards we got the pay TV at home. And I remember you'd change over the very basic all-star back in those days, which is now also Foxtel in regional areas. But um, you'd change over from Cartoon Network in the day to, I think it was like Turner Classic Movies, which would have the two-hour Nitro on like a Wednesday or a Thursday night tape delay. And then after that, go to the classic movie and turn off for the night. (laughs) So I followed wrestling pretty big from sort of 97 on about 2001. And then we got rid of um, cable TV, pay TV at home. And I sort of dropped off from then until about 20, 2010, 2011, when we got uh, pay TV back. And I sort of got back into it. What about yourself, Alex? Were you watching the entire time?
1: Uh, yeah, so I was watching all through the Attitude Era into about 04, 05, I started to drop off a bit, which happens to coincide with the joys of puberty and discovering what women are and <laughs> going out and partying with friends. And I'd still occasionally watch it. If, if it was on... At the time, I'd still watch it a little bit, but I would say my dark years were about 05 to about 08. I sort of slacked off a bit, maybe even 09. And then um, in about 2010, I started playing cricket and I met a guy that played cricket with me and he um he said to another bowler who was bowling at the time oh that's so vicious that's psycho Sid vicious that bowling and <laughs> I was like oh my god we've got a wrestling guy here and then pretty much I've watched every pay-per-view with him from about from Survivor Series 09 to to now Like, every month we'll watch the pay-per-views together. So that got me back into it.
0: Yeah, and for myself, it was sort of, um, like I said just before, getting the cable TV back on at home and then just flicking through the channels going, oh, wrestling's still a thing. And then discovering WWE and then TNA. (laughs) And then through the internet, realizing, oh, there's this thing called Ring of Honor, which has pretty good wrestling, a lot better than what TNA is offering, and then New Japan. And from there, I started watching a lot of local Australian wrestling and New Zealand wrestling.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was about... uh, I could be wrong here, but around 2011, 2012, uh, I really wanted a... find out what other wrestling was out there besides TNA and WWE, which we were getting on Foxtel over here.
0: Yeah. For, so I, just to yeah. interrupt for a second, a lot of people outside of Australia mightn't realize that even though we do have a lot of Australian wrestling that is credible, we don't have Australian wrestling on TV. All we have on TV is North American wrestling.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I I went on YouTube and I s- just started searching up uh, Australian wrestling. And uh, it was around 2011, 2012. I still remember this video and I recently went back and watched it. I found a video on the Melbourne City Wrestling MCW's YouTube page of a very young Matt Silver, uh, now known as Buddy Murphy, attacking uh, Mike Peterson in a gym in Melbourne, and that always stuck with me, that video. They um, brawl all over the gym and into the cafeteria area. Yeah, and that was sort of the first thing I'd ever really seen of the more current Australian indie wrestling scene.
0: Yeah, and just... To briefly mention again, Australian wrestling was big in the in the 60s and 70s before both Alex and I were born. It was wrestling nationally, Australia-wide. You had big stars like Andre the Giant and um, Ric Flair and people from the NWA, the US territories, come over on um, national tours. But when the um, Channel 9 execs decided to stop airing uh, wrestling in favour of trying to get the cricket rights, the, cric- uh, the wrestling money dried up and had no TV exposure, which led to less stars coming over, which led to the promotion closing down. So wrestling in this country has sort of been the uh, underground, more or less. It hasn't reached that national peak like in the 60s and 70s until sort of recently. It's been coming back up, but, um, yeah, it's slowly working its way back up.
1: Yeah, that's right. And when I was younger, actually, one of the VHS tapes I had was a, we've talked about this before, Chris. um, It was called either Wham or Bam or Thank You, Ma'am or something like that. Oh, one of the... Hosted by Jacko. (laughs) Hosted by Jacko. And it was a compilation of World Championship Wrestling in Australia from the sixties and the seventies. I remember just watching that with dad and dad telling me about the few times that he went to festival hall and all that sort of stuff, which was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've seen one or two of those. There are still a few floating around which have been uploaded to, uh, shall we say other video sites, (laughs) but, um, Yes, I've seen a couple of those. They're quite out there if you don't know who Jacko is, a legendary footballer, sort of hard man. But um, they're surprising in themselves. You have people like uh, Ted Witten, who's referred to as Mr. Football for Aussie Rules, and he's putting his hand up next to against Andres, and Andres is like twice the size of his in just a ringside yeah. interview.
1: Yeah, that then, stuff's amazing, and seeing Killer Carl Cox in his prime and all that sort of stuff, absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, it's sort of weird to go back and look at just the Jeff that Aussie wrestling had going on then compared to some of the um, national promotions across North America trying to compete with the WWF or even talent from the WWF coming over. It's sort of weird to look at that and realise at one stage we were sort of um, equals in the world stage, just we didn't sort of receive the same recognition.
1: Yeah, well, this was a time before the internet sort of made the world a, a much smaller place. so. It's kind of understandable that the Americans didn't really know what was going on all the way over on the other side of the world, I guess. Yeah, and
0: and to that point, I believe one of Ric Flair's title reigns, like one of his non-counted one, came from a title loss in New Zealand that he won back in either Australia or Singapore, somewhere in Asia. I can't remember without looking it up.
1: Yeah, there's there's a few of those that happened um, around this part of the world. Uh, I think he dropped the title in in Japan a couple of times, and yeah, over in New Zealand, yeah, yeah.
0: So for those who don't know, Alex is is a lot more historical <laughs> minded <laughs> towards wrestling, whereas I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, and then moving to that point, Festival Hall, which is, which is such a iconic venue for not only Australian wrestling but also boxing. It's hosted um the 1960s Olympics. It hosted the Beatles concert. I believe it is now also um, heritage listed by Victoria because a couple of years ago they did want to knock it down to put in uh, town housing, like fifteen story unit blocks.
1: Oh, man, that would have made me so mad.
0: That's why on, I think it was four weeks' notice, without telling work, I actually brought tickets to the New Japan Festival Hall Show. And without telling work, work said the excuse, oh, I'm going to see my brother. He's a bit homesick. (laughs) (laughs) Which was true. I did
1: go and spend the weekend with my brother. I just spent five hours at a wrestling show as well. And also, the Good Brothers in in the Bullet Club were probably a bit homesick being away from Japan. So, it all works out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, but to, to walk into that venue, just such an iconic, historic venue for Australian wrestling. I mean, if we had another company that could run there, like, an Australian company that maybe could put on one show a year and draw around 4,000. I think that'd be really great.
1: Oh, it'd be incredible.
0: (laughs) Do you think the local scene could achieve that in say five years?
1: I think so, but I think it would require a lot of the promotions, uh, coming together and putting on basically a super show. So to say, like, uh, what's a promotion out in Perth, EPW, is it?
0: Yeah, EPW's a big one in Western Australia.
1: So if EPW and Riot City Wrestling and PWA and <laughs> MCW all came together to put on a super show, that might be able to fill up, fill up a festival hall. But as far as... Just one of those companies alone. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure, but who knows? They could bring in, you could bring in a Kazuchika Okada, which MCW's done in the past, and that could yeah. probably sell out Festival Hall in a heartbeat. So who knows?
0: Little, little fun fact that Okada November Rain Show in 2017 was originally scheduled for the Eston Hall, which I think hosts four or five hundred off the top of my head without looking, but they hmm. moved it to Thornbury Theatre because of the ticket demand, which hosts around 700, I think.
1: Yeah, and and nowadays they have no problem filling up that Thornbury Theatre, so if they brought it in, in an Okada again, maybe, maybe you would be able to fill up a festival hall. And they did, a,
0: I think it was... 1200 for the um was it the Aquatics Center show they had with Jonah Rock and Tatsue Tatsuya Naito?
1: Yes, yes. And <coughs> I'd definitely love um, to see them return there at some point too.
0: For, that, for a big show.
1: Yeah, that definitely had a good vibe to it from watching online anyway. It it was visually impressive to look at.
0: Yes, and I think now that um, Australian wrestling has got to the point where we do have good streaming, we do have crowd attendance, we don't need to be in the bingo halls with one handhold camera anymore and choppy, changey camera qu- quality or audio. Mm-hmm. We can we can still cater to those audiences, but I'm just saying if you are a bigger company maybe look at a bigger venue for a big show once a, once a year. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that, that's what these companies should be doing, is building to a big show once a year. A big show, big venue, big matches.
0: I agree. And I think with the right card, you can do it, even without a... Um, an international talent.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. If you did, I don't know, for example, like Adam Brooks, MCW champion against the champion in PWA, K-Man Ugg, for all the biscuits, that would probably sell out. Which
0: they've done before they did brooksy offspray eagles for the pwa heavyweight and the mcw intercontinental in a freeway match yeah so you can build up matches like that you can now that mc and i'm sorry to keep going on about mcw there are great promotions in sydney pwa in perth epw in adelaide wright city and uh, Wrestle Rampage, and you have promotions in Adelaide, in um, Canberra, in Tassie, in Darwin now, in Queensland. But admittedly, MCW is one of the few promotions that I do make time for every week, every uh, month, sorry. You do now have your girl shows, which you can have your women's champion now that MCW have one headline. You do have the occasional special shows like the Brulee brewery brawl where you could have a ic or a tag team headline it doesn't always have to be the world champion headlining in a non-title or a tag match
1: exactly yeah i agree i
0: i like the old adage of fewer titles but more importance as opposed to more titles lesser importance
1: yeah, and I, I go back to my fandom and some of my favourite feuds weren't revolved around titles, so, so to speak. They're revolved around personal issues. So the more titles that there are out there, it gives bookers a bit of an out with uh, not having to worry about creating personal issues and just saying all right, he just wants that title. So the fewer titles, the more chances you have of creating personal issues and also making the titles themselves more important.
0: Like to look at um, New Japan's IWGP heavyweight title, it's not a title everyone in that company is ever going to hold. It's, And I think that's a good thing because it's held in such a prestige that You want to be world heavyweight champion. You work your whole career as a male wrestler to achieve that, but not everyone is going to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Although bringing up New Japan in a conversation where we're talking about fewer titles would be better, (laughs) kind of a bit of an oxymoron there, but I do understand what you mean there, Chris. Well, when Will did win the
0: Never Title uh, a few years back at a Wrestle Kingdom, excuse me, I don't have the year on hand. It was against Koga. I think it might have been last
1: year. Yeah, it was last year, Wrestle yeah. King 13. He yeah. said
0: in his post match or one of the post match leading up to the fight, he wanted to go and defend it in Rev Pro in ROH in Australia, in New Zealand. But we never saw that. And I think those no. never titles could be better served for up-and-coming talent that New Japan wants to sign from their sister promotions in England, in America, in Australia, in New Zealand, as a way to introduce these new stars that aren't young lions to the wider
1: world. Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Although I do like the uh, big hoss fight feel of the never open weight title of having big, (laughs) big nuggety guys like goto and ishii just beating the heck out of each other but but i do understand what you mean there it would be a perfect vehicle to bring up up up-and-coming talent
0: yeah so we've gone on for a little while here about our general thoughts on both an australian and an international scene um why don't we discuss what Uh, companies we are watching on VOD or pay-per-view for the ones who still use it Uh, would you like to start Alex with um, maybe some of your internationals and Aussie companies you watch
1: yeah uh, internationally I yeah i watched WWE I do hesitate when I say that because I do watch Raw most weeks and uh, with SmackDown being on Saturday at lunch over at lunchtime over here, it's a bit tough to find the time on the weekend to to watch SmackDown live. But um, can I just sorry yeah. to
0: interrupt you? Can I just say when it was on a Tuesday um, and airing Wednesday lunchtime in Australia, I found that really good because you go if you come if you do day work and you're coming home, you go right Tuesday nights Raw. Wednesday nights SmackDown, Thursday nights NXT, bang. Now that it's on a Saturday, um, myself being a very sport-minded person, I'll admit I like cricket, I like Aussie rules, I like soccer. If there's a live Aussie rules game involving my club or soccer or a big game of cricket like the Ashes, I'm not going out of my way to watch SmackDown. I'm probably just going to look at the results and go, is it worth my time catching maybe one or two matches?
1: And the thing is, like, you might miss it on the weekend, and then you could be busy all weekend. Smackdown's on at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Finally, the weekend's over, and next thing you know, like, Monday could be a pay-per-view. All right, I I guess I'm not going to bother going back to watch Smackdown.
0: And to that point, if you do, there's two hours you're taking out to watch that, plus maybe an hour for the pre-show, so that puts you three hours behind the start time of the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so,
0: yeah, sorry to sidetrack you. You do watch some main <laughs> roster of WWE. What else do you yeah. watch?
1: Uh, I occasionally check out NXT. Uh, I definitely tune in for TakeOvers, like most fans do. And I... Um, Watched the occasional weekly show. Now that NXT's on Foxtel, which is awesome, uh, I'm definitely going to be checking it out more often. And besides that, when NXT wasn't on Foxtel there for that little bit, and you'd have to wait about 24 hours to watch the previous day's NXT.
0: Oh, to come up on the network, on the, uh, sorry, the the WWE network. Yeah, it was like a 30-hour delay.
1: Yeah, and by the time it was actually up, I'd already read the, I'd already seen results, and I just didn't care anymore, to be honest.
0: And that's how I felt about most of that as well. If you're waiting 30 hours, plus the news cycle's moving so quickly you're going to see you're either going to stay off social media for a good part of two days to avoid spoilers or you're going to find other means of uh watching nxt to keep up
1: yeah and i think the only time i was impatient about it all and went to nefarious means to watch it was when rhea won the nxt women's title and yeah. Um what else do I watch? I watch <laughs> Yeah I, I watch a lot of wrestling. Jesus, cause there's not enough Okay, out let's just
0: let's just keep it to current stuff then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um AEW, I love it. I love I love it and I do have rose-coloured glasses on watching it just because there's nothing Cody Rhodes can do that I won't love. His wife, on the other hand. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm loving the AAW product. I'm loving seeing a platform for, for a lot of these guys I've seen on the indies getting a chance on a international stage so to speak seeing guys like joey janella get to go out there and darby allen who's been a real breakout star in AEW. I I love that part of it all now women's division not so much just sign shazza and we'll be happy yes indeed (laughs) but i think the the lack of
0: the um Women's division is because of how many women are signed with um, WWE. WWE aren't going out now and hiring models to try to beat wrestlers. They're hiring wrestlers now. So yeah, a lot 100%. of the good um, women's wrestlers are either WWE, uh, T. Oh no, was it uh, Impact now or ROH in those three big companies before. AEW had even uh set up a women's division
1: yeah exactly yeah not to not to mention uh, NXT UK's women division is absolutely fantastic and it doesn't get enough credit but um I just think they've dropped the
0: ball on NXT UK so badly I started watching then they did the double drop of episodes so I stopped they did the first takeover, I started rewatching. Then they did those weird um, access shows from WrestleMania last year and I sort of dropped off. And I, I'm sort of only going back now for the takeovers because the last Prime Target, there was nothing on the weekly TV that made you excited for that takeover. If you had missed every weekly episode since Cardiff, you didn't miss anything.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even go out of my way to watch NXT UK anymore, which is quite a shame because before signing with the WWE, Walter was one of my favorite wrestlers on the independents. So yeah, it's quite a shame.
0: I think that's just the nature of that beast. You can sign there and have guaranteed money, which I'm not going to knock anyone for because if you're, an Aussie wrestler who's working full time and wrestling on weekends and training through the night, like a country footballer, shall we say not to knock Aussie wrestlers. That's just the best comparison I can think in my head. If you're then getting an opportunity from WWE, right, we're going to give you two years and X amount and you'll be based in the UK for two years. Would you take that knowing it's guaranteed job security?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that all makes sense.
0: Um, So AEW, WWE. Yeah,
1: Yeah, NWA Power. Absolutely love it. Uh, I recently went back and watched a lot of the mid-Atlantic wrestling on the network, the NWA studio wrestling from back in the 80s, and... Watching NWA Power is fantastic. It's not about having 20-minute classic matches. It's about developing characters and storylines, which are some of my favorite things in wrestling. Uh, I admittedly love the soap opera elements of wrestling and establishing characters and uh, delivering interesting promos is my favorite part of wrestling.
0: I think this is probably where you and I are a good mix because you just said you're more of a story sort of guy. I yeah, think re- 100%. I think recently I'm more of a, a work rate guy, and that's sort of what's turned me off of a lot of the uh, the WWE main roster because it's sort of cookie-cutter um, matches a lot of them.
1: Yeah, 100%. But I would also say the WWE main roster they they don't really have bad matches they go out there and they're all the
0: most good of matches. the people
1: most of the people in the main roster are fantastic wrestlers like there's the WWE roster is stacked with talent but the problem is they're going out there and having matches for the sake of matches and that's where they're losing me I that's why I like story I want to know why these two people are wrestling against each other I w- want to know why this person's fighting this person you know agreed I, mm. you can I think if you have
0: the right balance of a good story and a good match you'll win almost anybody
1: over yeah exactly um, and so we have I'll oh, go ahead. And, yeah, and that's why I love the NWA. Like, they're not wasting 20 minutes having a match just because they need to fill up time. They're having a tournament right now where the time limit on the TV title tournament, the time limit for each match is six minutes and five seconds. And, and it's brilliant. It's,
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> because yeah. you know the historical connection to nwa tv what time would it air alex 605 saturday nights exactly that is i've got to say that is brilliant
1: (laughs) yeah it's fantastic and it means when the bell rings for these matches people are rushing they're aggressive they're trying to get their stuff in to win a match within six minutes it's fantastic and then so we have WWE,
0: AEW, um, NWA,
1: what else do Uh, you watch
0: mainly overseas?
1: uh, Yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't watch religiously, but I definitely, I stuck it out and watched every night of the G1 last year, which was a big accomplishment for me, because the year before I gave up about halfway through it. Um, I, I tune in for most of the big events in new Japan pro wrestling. I am a big fan. Uh, I would say that you were one of the reasons why I got stuck on new Japan pro wrestling and you definitely brought me into it. And now I'm a hundred percent hooked. I am all about Minoru Suzuki and, I've been going back and watching past matches of his, and I'm all about Ishii and Goto. As much as I don't get why they never let Goto win anything that matters, but...
0: He gets his yearly win at
1: Tokyo Dome. (laughs) Yeah, he gets that and then loses the rest of the year. (laughs) But... Uh... But um, yeah, a hundred percent you got me into new Japan Pro wrestling just telling me to check this out check that out I and think all that it was at the time where
0: TNA at the time now impact had just lost their Foxtel deal they were about to lose uh spike I think it was or they had just lost spike in the US and I was just looking out there what's this new big thing and listening to a number of um, wrestling reporters for years and then realising, oh, New Japan have a streaming service like the WWE Network. I'll give this a look and just went, oh, my God, this is so much better. This is what I want from my wrestling.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the first New Japan pro wrestling show I actually watched was, uh, what was it, Wrestle Kingdom 9, where it was Oh, the technically... co-produced
0: by Global Force Wrestling... Yeah.
1: By GFW, and they had uh, Matt Stryker and Jim Ross on commentary, and that was the first time I ever saw Kenny Omega wrestle. And
0: That one's not on New Japan World, though. I don't think the English is on there with Ross no, and um, Stryker.
1: No, it's not. Ah. And I've been looking for it be- because there was... The Kenny Omega match was against uh, Ryusuke Taguchi. And Jim Ross could not stop talking about Funky Weapon being on Taguchi's butt. He was just obsessed with it. He couldn't get past that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. that's one I'm definitely going to have
1: to check out now. (laughs) Just hearing, and uh, Funky Weapon... (laughs) From JR was just ridiculous. Um and JR like struggling to hide his disgust with the uh Kenny Omega forearm spot where he used to grade his forearms against the face of his opponents. Do you remember that spot he used this to this is do?
0: before he was in Bullet Club, wasn't it? Or when he was lower tier <laughs> Bullet Club?
1: He was lower tier bullet club at the time. He was the cleaner of the junior division at this point in time. And Matt Stryker was explaining that Kenny Omega shaved his forearm hair three days ago, so it would be it the perfect stubbly. stubble stubble <laughs> amount for the for the Tokyo Dome. And hearing JR trying to hide his disgust for this spot was hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, that was the first time I ever saw New Japan, and what was the headliner for that? I think that was was that a Tanahashi Okada one, probably. I think that was Tana Okada. Yes, because I think was
0: I think Tanah won that one because it was like the year after Okada beat him for the first time in the dome. Yes. Yeah. 10 or 11 was the first time he beam in the dome. I don't know. I'd have to look up the results. I don't have it in front of me.
1: Yes. And uh, I believe this might have been AJ Styles and uh, Naito. AJ and Naito was on this one. And Shinsuke Nakamura and Kota Ibushi for the IC title. And I... Uh, I remember that standing out to me. Cause that was the first time I saw Nakamura and he comes out doing this thing. And I was like, what
0: Oh, is Nakamura. This? Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, when they did his farewell at Korokin hall, I've actually got one of those t-shirts where it says oh, that's awesome. best in the world, like one of those limited event t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got one of those and that's, the Nakamura shirt I have somewhere. <laughs> That's fantastic, actually. Um, yeah. So I'll just run through quickly some of the stuff that I watch. I watch WWE, mostly NXT from the U- US. Sorry. I don't watch 205 Live anymore. If WWE are just going to cancel it on odd on week- weeks, what the hell's the point? I <laughs> barely watch... NXT UK, as I mentioned, if nothing on your TV happens between one TakeOver to the next, what's the point? Raw and SmackDown I'll occasionally check out, but most of the time it's just meh to me. Um, so that's basically why watching WWE is NXT and pay-per-views, including both, ta- both uh, editions of TakeOver, if it's good, I'll go back and check it. Um, I also check out Ring of Honor still, which a lot of people after last year's Madison Square
1: Garden aren't that high on. <laughs> <laughs> Me included. I have I pretty much chose Madison Square Garden as my jumping off point for Ring of Honor. Um,
0: I do enjoy Taven. I have for a long time, which I know you don't get. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, I do not get it at all. Not only this, but, like, that show, he kept banging on about Madison Square Taven. And it's like, that's not even clever. Also, if you wanted, a... <laughs> if you yeah, wanted to be clever, you should have changed it to matt Square Garden. M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N, Square Garden. That would have been a better play on words than Madison Square Taven, which makes no sense. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, so WWE, Ring of Honor.
0: I did, ashamedly, check out um, Impact's... What's their big show they call that's like WrestleMania? Is it Bound for Bound Glory? Bound for Glory, yeah. Yeah, I checked that out last year and just went oh, my God, this is still terrible booking. I'm not going back to this again. Because <laughs> I want... <clears throat> you have Tessa in a six-person ladder match. She's easily set up for a, um option C clause, and you have Sammy in a world title match who can win, and then you have option C enacted for your next big pay-per-view with Tessa. Oh, no. We're going to swerve you, bro. We're going to have Tessa lose to Ace Austin, I think it was. And yep. then... We're gonna have Callahan lose to Christ. Who was it? Uh, Cage? Was it
1: Brian Cage? Yeah, it was Brian Cage.
0: Yeah. So he lost to Cage, and then the next week at the TV tapings, I think he won it on TV, and it's like, yep, that is so impact. And then two or three weeks later on TV, Tessa challenges him, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so impact booking. Let's set yeah, up the they major thing. Not on a pay-per-view you forked out 40 bucks for, but on free TV you can watch on Twitch.
1: Yeah, they could have done it when they had the most eyes on them. But no, they do it for free on Twitch. Which, congratulations to Impact Wrestling on getting unbanned (laughs) on Twitch today, so... Did they get back on Twitch? (laughs) Yeah, they sent out a tweet or something saying... We're back on Twitch, blah, 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 How that company
0: so, is still alive when so many others are dead, I do not know. <laughs> so we have uh, yeah. WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, which I'm never going back to until I'm drunk and there's no other wrestling on. Uh, new, uh, no, um, NWA. I really enjoy the classic throwback feel to NWA. Another pay-per-view so close to this one, I'm not personally buying because I brought the last one on flight and I'm not buying another one this close. Um, And then the last North American promotion I watch is AEW, which apart from a few teething problems, which you could look across all the other North American promotions I just mentioned and pick out roughly the same problems. They've been pretty good in their first, was it? Four months on TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, they've definitely got a few teething problems. Um God knows how they haven't sorted out their sound issues yet, but... <laughs> but Last night on the boat. Oh, that... You could tell they were trying to censor the crowd. Yeah. yeah. And it just ruined, uh, like, 50% of everyone's promos. So... They should have just let them go at it and, yeah, they've got a lot of sound issues.
0: I'll say if that's the worst of their problem is over-censoring to appease their network, that's not a big problem in the grand scheme of things. Their bigger problem, excuse me, I'm feeling a bit under the weather today. Their bigger problems are their women's division and their lack of depth or better use of veterans from the Japanese scene. And in my opinion, the forced gimmicks of these dark cult faction leader sort of oh, ones, there is an overabundance of dark cult gothy factions.
1: Yes, yes. And what was it? A couple of weeks ago, there was three story, three uh, angles running at once of a heel faction trying to get a baby face to join them.
0: Yeah, I can't pick out the date, but yeah, Yeah, three is too many on one show. Yeah, 100%. Um, Like Alex mentioned before, I also watch New Japan. It's probably one of the main reasons I'm such a big wrestling fan now, to be honest. I really enjoy the product. I really enjoy the in-ring. And the fact that a lot of people will pick on a company like New Japan for their... um, for example, their Wrestle Kingdom opening video package wasn't it subtitled in English. Why is this all in Japanese? That's the local market. They're catering mm-hmm. to their biggest audience. It'd be like if uh, Res- uh, WrestleMania this year, their opening package was in, and I'm not going to say because I'm going to screw the language in uh, Saudi Arabian, uh, yeah. the language they speak in Saudi Arabia because. Oh. I believe not it's
1: Farsi or something, but that
0: could be That sounds wrong. right. Farsi, Farsi, Farsi. I, I apologize again if I've butchered that. But it'd be like if they opened that, then that's fair to criticism. They're not appealing to their biggest uh, speaking audience. They're catering to a select, very narrow audience. Back to New Japan, I really enjoy that. If your biggest criticism is it's not in enough English or it's at an odd hour for us. One, the um, issue of it's not in English. They have a dedicated English commentary team now. Around, I'd have to say, over 90% of their events now are either in English or will have post-match translated to English on YouTube the next day. As for it's at an odd hour. Go and ask the UK fans how they feel about their wrestling being in an odd hour because WrestleMania airs at like 1 AM till like 8 AM in the morning on a Monday night when they have work on a Tuesday. Yeah, that's insane. Could you imagine us getting up at one AM to watch a WrestleMania all night to go into work the next day?
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be happening.
0: <laughs> no. No way at all. Um, So yeah, what products do you watch from Australia and New Zealand, Alex?
1: Um, I'm still only a couple of years into my full-time watching of the Australian independent scene, so I'm not as diverse as you are, Chris, but I do watch, I do make a habit out of watching Melbourne City Wrestling uh, every month. I watch... PWA Black Label when I can. I was 100% fully immersed in Underworld Wrestling on Amazon Prime. I loved the gimmick of that promotion. Can I ask what actually happened there? Um, I have no idea. Like, is it coming back? or?
0: I can't say. I just haven't really heard that much of it.
1: Mm. well, they they had like the first four episodes on Amazon Prime, and then late last year, they put on the last four episodes, and it finished and it finished perfectly with uh, good old Gino Gambino coming in and stealing the titles to stop the end of all things. Oh, but, Gino is so great. <laughs> oh, he's he's my man. There's um, there's a photo of him as Mister Juicy where he looks exactly like me. So I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent love him no matter what. And um, I also watch uh, Wrestle Rocks. My favourite thing in the world. It's yeah, so and it's, I love it.
0: Just a disclaimer for those with young children in the audience, maybe watch Wrestle Rock on your own first before allowing your children to watch that. Even though it's on MCW Encore, it's not appropriate for young audiences. No,
1: it's not.
0: Having been there live myself and a few beers deep before, what was it, Super Showdown, not the Saudi Arabia one, the Australian one, yeah, we kind of played up a little. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so myself i watch the mcw encore which has melbourne city wrestling mcw girl wrestle rock i watch um pwa on ovo which has pwa black label their green label academy shows and newcastle pro i try to check out epw from perth uh wrestle rampage from south australia And then Wright City Wrestling, I'm planning to get into PCW from Victoria and I have checked out some of Darwin, is it Pro Wrestling Darwin, I think.
1: Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Uh,
0: It's either Darwin Championship Wrestling or Pro Wrestling Wrestling Darwin and I apologise if I've got the name wrong. I don't have it written down in front of me at the moment. I know I'm a bit underprepared for this show.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both.
0: There are also shows in like Tassie and Canberra and across New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland. There is so much offered on VOD now. It's just finding the time to watch most of it.
1: 100%. I um, pray that one day some site just grabs all the VOD and just puts it all on one website so I know where everything is but there was a site
0: it was a year after New Japan started there was a site set up that wanted to do that but most of the Aussie companies already had their own set up by that time
1: yeah who knows maybe one day we can have all our Aussie wrestling in one place or a site that sort of links you to all those places, anyway. Just goes, it, if you
0: want to watch this, click here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fantastic because it's, it is tough to find certain uh, promotions on demand stuff from time to time or, or like finding out if a promotion has on demand. And I will say this if you're a
0: promotion and you have social media, I've checked out a few promotions when they're supposed to be running events that night and their social media hasn't been updated for six months.
1: Yeah. And And it's just like... Then have a look at what MCW does with their social media. Perfect. And
0: sorry to keep harping on MCW, it's just one of the promotions we watch the most. And if this thing picks off and we hear back from you, our audience, hey, Chris and Alex, check out EPW reawakening. Hey, Chris and Alex, check out Right City Wrestling. Hey, Chris and Alex, check out this promotion from New Zealand. We'll do that. We'll listen to you guys. But at the moment, we're just starting out. We want to hear back from you. We want your honest feedback. If you go, this match is amazing. This match is on VOD. Here it is. Check it out. Then we can talk about it. If it's not on VOD and someone goes, oh, this great match happened at Company X, that it wasn't taped it was only for the live crowd then there's not really much we can say if we weren't there live
1: yeah definitely like now with us doing this podcast i definitely hope to start watching more and more and expanding my taste in the australian scene that's for sure
0: yeah 100 agree and i think this sort of will be a good gateway to those who are like oh, I've heard of this promotion, but I haven't checked him out before, or, oh, I didn't give him a try until you said this match was so good.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the goal here is to just show the Australian scene some love.
0: Exactly. Help help promote it out to the world, along with what Mick Moretti would say, you're going to notice us and now we'll conquer. Yeah. So that's just mine and Alex's general overview of how we got into wrestling and what we watch currently across both um, international waters and domestically. Um, so now we're going to move on to our first annual, well, hopefully annual, um, best of the year awards. And we have 11 categories, but we've split these up into both domestic awards for Australian for the Australian and New Zealand scene as well as um, internationally. So anywhere in the world outside of Australia and New Zealand. Um,
1: did you find this easy, Alex? Uh, definitely not easy in terms of trying to find just one good match that happened this year is tough because they've all been, almost every Australian show i've watched has had at least one amazing match on it so ciphering it down to just one has been tough
0: yeah yeah and the fact that like i said me and alex mainly watch mcw and pwa this year it might skew a bit that way domestically but hopefully next year when we're added a bit more into our regular rotation it may expand to represent a greater picture of Australia
1: yeah a hundred percent
0: yeah um so I'll admit I haven't looked at these since the 18th of December last year and um if you're ready Alex we can start with the first category
1: yeah moment of the year so Australia New Zealand so, for me,
0: MoMA of the Year stands out that makes happy for the Australian scene. It can be a wrestler um, winning a championship. It can be a company launching a new division or a platform, or it can just be an overall great event. Did you want to go first or myself on this one, Alex?
1: Uh, you can go first, Oggy.
0: No worries. So, I've got a couple of honourable mentions here. I had... SPW and MCW host the Super Show Southern Rumble in Invercargill, New Zealand. And my second honourable mention uh, in second place was PWA signs a deal with OVO to live stream events. But overall, I don't think I could give this to anyone else but... PCW Grand Slams hosts over 2,000 people the same night as MCW Clash of the Titans, which was headlined by Gino Gambino versus Slex in a champion versus champion winner-take-all match.
1: Yeah, that's incredible, mate. We had over
0: 3,000 people at one night in Melbourne across two different venues.
1: Yeah, absolutely insane.
0: and if that's not a sign of the Aussie wrestling scene growing, I don't know what it, that it, what is. Because this is traditionally one of the companies that is left outside of the talks of the big three, the big four, the big five companies of this area of the world. And it drew over 2,000 people the same night as one of its biggest rival promotions in that city was putting on a champion versus champion match where a winner took
1: all. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a big moment. And yourself, Alex? Um, so mine, my big moment of the year is Robbie Eagles versus Will Ospreay at Festival Hall. New Again. Japan Pro Wrestling coming to Festival Hall and an Aussie fighting for the a New Japan Championship with so much history being the main attraction, quote-unquote, even though it wasn't the main event. And it's still the one that sold the most tickets. 100%. And whilst it's not exactly an Aussie independent scene ex- exclusive sort of deal, it just shows... How much the Australian (coughs) independence scene has grown, and what talent we have that New Japan were able to rely on a homegrown Australian talent to sell these tickets for the festival hall.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. If you take Robbie out of that match and you put Al Fantasmo in there, I don't think you draw that same figure at festival hall for a night of live. That's the thing also. It was live streamed from Festival Hall on the Fight app.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, It was incredible. Like, you and I were both watching live and messaging each other back and forth. And I I will give an honourable mention to the surprise appearance of the Bez dispenser, the big, sexy unit, Nick Berry, (laughs) popping up in the opener. I kind of... (laughs) I I marked out big time for that. Seeing him do his goofy stuff in New Japan was hilarious. But um, also, Mm. I'd like to give some honourable mentions to Adam Brooks returning to MCW and winning the Ballroom Brawl. That was... In terms of a pop, that was as big of a pop I've heard in MCW.
0: I'd have to agree. That's one of the bigger ones that I've heard um, on tape. I can't comment otherwise because I was there a couple of years
1: ago live. Yeah. And um, Slex beating Gino for, for... Both the intercontinental and heavyweight championships in are oh, the in the Commonwealth and heavyweight championships in MCW in the winner takes all match that you were previously talking about. That was a great moment for someone that organically got over.
0: And in terms of Slex with his um, to the audience,
1: yeah, I was there. Yeah. But- I think s-
0: six months earlier, New Horizons 2018, when Slex first um Brooksy and Brooksy ends up winning. And that's the night I'm pretty sure Slex turned face because he's on typical Adam Brooks, always sneaks out the win, something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Um, it was fantastic. And also, just another quick mention for um, PWA, Jessica Troy beating Shazza McKenzie. That was a great moment as well.
0: I'd 100% agree. Shazza, who held onto that belt for something like two years at that point, I think it was around 600 days, and Jessica Troy, just this sort of month-long build-up to her where they main-evented that that um, pay-per-view
1: yeah it was huge it was what uh introduced me to pwa so it was a big moment <laughs> for me too so that was the first pwa show that i sort of watched so that was fantastic
0: all right and we'll move on to our second um category here it's best in-ring week- weekly series which is just for the international market um alex what did you pick for this one
1: uh this shouldn't be too much of a surprise as to what i was talking about earlier and how much i emphasize story over match quality and i'll i'm gonna give it to nwa power oh wow i did not expect that <laughs> yeah so it's um It is pretty tough to give it show of the year when at the end of the year it only had about 12 episodes. So I'll definitely have to give honourable mention to NXT. But in terms of something that I can't wait to watch every week, it's NWA power, no matter what. It's just like, it's only four more days till power. I, (laughs) I can't wait, like... I I am going to throw my money at the Hard Times pay-per-view. I love their TV title tournament. I love the I love everything about the old school set having Nick Aldis as your heel champion and watching how his character developed from being from <laughs> how it started off like in impact, he's... wow, Brutus wow. Magnus, yeah, good old <laughs> Brutus Magnus and Doug Williams and the British invasion. And then, what were they, the world elite with Eric Young? Jesus, <sighs> but Jeez, that's like has... a whole
0: show in itself a TNA retrospective.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe one day, but I'd I'm not in any rush. (laughs) uh, Watching how Nick Aldis's character has progressed from the first episode of NWA Power to the most recent, how he's always had that air of confidence about him, but he was more honourable at the start, and how he respected Tim Storm, and then seeing how that developed into... From confidence to being arrogant. And it's been fantastic watching that story unfold and watching the story of him with uh, his faction, Strictly Business. It's been fantastic viewing. And also, uh, also uh, Aaron Shooter-Stevens and the question mark is one of my favorite things on wrestling television at the moment.
0: Well, wow, I just didn't expect you to pick that. Um for myself, I just I couldn't go past All Elite Wrestling AEW Dynamite. I just think in in where so many others have tried to compete with WWE and presented a WWE like product. AEW have gone, right. We're not doing that. We're going to go instead of going instead of copying the square and giving you a tri- a rectangle, we're gonna give you a circle and give you something completely different.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh AEW is a fantastic alternative to the WWE. Uh, th- there are a few creative decisions I don't like which which forced me to play the NWA card, but besides oh, you that, you know my love for the librarians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my I, god I, I just do not give, like that gimmick
1: I think you need to give Peter Avalon a chance yes <laughs> ignore everything involving lever Bates because she is horrible uh, Peter, that's Avalon what we can, <laughs> Peter Avalon can actually go in the ring lever Bates cannot do a thing
0: uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you like to introduce our next category?
1: Uh, yes. Just... All right. Next category is announcer or announce team of the year. So we'll uh, give an award for this, for one for Australian slash New Zealand and one for international.
0: Um, I'll start first if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, so international, simply hands down, there is no other team who compete with this. It's the four-man booth of Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, Gino Gambino, and Rocky Romero from New Japan World, the English team.
1: Before you go go any further with that, I'll just have to say that is my pick as well. (laughs) 100% my
0: pick as well. I don't mind the Japanese team if there's a big... Championship match, sometimes I'll go back and watch it in Japanese for the emotion the commentators give. Personally, I don't speak Japanese, so I have no idea what they're saying. So having a service that provides a good English team that calls the matches, that tells the story, and isn't bickering with each other about whose
1: husband's doing what is great. (laughs) And um, also what Gino brings to that announced team as the bullet club representative during bullet club matches, it provides great banter and they got this thing going on now about whether Gino's finally going to get his bullet club tracksuit, and uh, And <laughs> it's just been great. And Rocky Romero just absolutely despising everything Gino has to say and keeping that stuff story between the two of them going without making the uh, commentary be about getting themselves over as well, which has been, yeah, they've been fantastic.
0: You have Kevin who provides great commentary. You have Chris who does great on the spot translations. He's there within seconds of translating the post-match interviews uh, in the ring, live there by the ring. You have Gino and Rocky who provide um, like a wrestler's perspective whilst both playing off against each other, one being from the Chaos faction, which is more face-aligned, and one from the Bullet Club faction, which is more heel-aligned. I just... I look at all the other commentary teams and I just simply can't go one and two. It's a, it's a wide gap between this team and anyone else from an international standpoint.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um I I looked over the list and I was like, okay, I love NWA, but their commentary for 2019 was Joe Galli and Jim Cornette. I do not want to go into what Jim Cornette did, but that's a reason to not pick them. Uh, AEW, I love that. But Jim Ross has lost a touch or two. And and I might be delivering a bit of a controversial opinion here, NXT. I think Mauro Ranallo is a little bit too Don West for my liking. (laughs) Jeez, that's a name you haven't heard in a while. Yeah, he's just needs to take, like, not every show needs to have the Mamma Mia moment. And also his pop culture references are very cringeworthy at times. I'll
0: say I do like Morrow. I like that he's so open with his um, mental uh, health, for lack of a better word, and that he does be open about that, because that's a lot of issue a lot of men won't talk about openly. And... If you are listening to this and you do have problems, if you don't have family you can talk to, go see a doctor. It may be the best thing that ever happens to you.
1: Yeah, I've As, recently watched the Mauro Ranallo Bipolar Rock and Roller uh, documentary. It is fantastic and brings great awareness. But his commentary just, style yeah. is not my... It's just not my flavour of ice cream. If we're...
0: Com- Judging him not on an overall person quality on this is your job, how well do you do your job? I'd have to agree. I think Morrow sometimes can be over the top to a point of ridiculousness and jams in pop culture references that aren't needed. If I'm on my phone Googling up what some reference is and you're taking me out of the match, is that the point of your commentary?
1: Yeah. And like... Uh, I think the last NXT show I watched, he was comparing someone to a Tesla Cybertruck. And I was like, what the hell's a Tesla Cybertruck? So then I'm Googling Tesla Cybertruck. And when you're making me pick up my phone, Google something because I don't understand what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah, you've got a problem.
0: Yeah. Um, so, for uh, local commentary team, I couldn't go past one of my favorite teams uh, Chris Fresh and Julian James from WrestleRock.
1: Oh, really? So I, I am 100% in agreement with you again on this category. So we've both picked the same on both Australian and international announced teams. So. Double clean sweep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what can't what you say about Julian James and Chris Fresh? Um, it's highly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's very inappropriate. It's like uh, Chris said earlier, if you have children don't watch this with them, but when you've put the kids to bed, watch this and you will not take your eyes off the screen and you will turn up that commentary loud because they have some interesting things to say. And I think it plays my- very
0: well off the Australian sense of humour as well. If this was an American company doing this, you could see them just being pulled after one show.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. um, My favourite part of Wrestle Rock is when the commentary team of Julian James or Chris Fresh says something so ridiculous because their commentary is played over the speakers in the entire arena for the crowd there to hear what the commentary team has to say. Yeah, if you haven't
0: been there live before, it's hooked up in uh, the corner hotel so it's a iconic uh music venue in inner uh, melbourne um so instead of the commentary just being hooked in and recorded it's hooked in and played through the sound system like a band would be hooked in definitely
1: and um my favorite part of that is that <laughs> whenever chris fresh or julian james say something so ridiculous or inappropriate that it cracks up the talent in the ring and there was a couple of moments with tony storm at the last wrestle rock show where tony storm was breaking beyond her control in the ring because of the commentary team and i loved it it's it's definitely not going to be everyone's taste but if
0: you have uh, adult sense of humor, shall we say, and you give it a try if you love your wrestling? I think most of the audience will enjoy it.
1: Yeah, just don't take it too seriously, it's just a bit of fun, exactly.
0: Um, so we move on to our next category best promo. Um, but again, the rest of the categories will be awarded for both international and domestic. Um, Would you like to start, Alex?
1: Yeah, so you and I spoke about this off-air, and I was saying that perhaps Promo of the Year could be for one outstanding individual promo, but for my domestic version of this award, I'm going to give it to someone who's just consistently amazing on the microphone. And... Domestically, i give that to the 21st century success story, Matty Wahlberg from PWA. Um, his promos online, his promos in the ring, his beer pong thing at intermission, him cutting promos on Australian Survivor. I mean... He, I Don't mean, you mean
0: the actual idiot? <laughs>
1: Yeah, Actual how, Idiot, Matty how Wahlberg. he
0: picked that up and just ran with it.
1: Oh, yeah. with In an instant, he's got T-shirts out. His Twitter name's Actual Idiot, Matty Wahlberg. and He is just so smart with how he promotes himself. He is going to be the face of Australian wrestling,
0: 100%. Without doubt. I... I'd have to agree with you. If he is not picked up somewhere in the next 12 months, he will be in a very high position in the local scene.
1: And spoiler alert, this is not the last time I'm going to be talking about him during this award show.
0: Ooh. Um, so for myself, I I'm sort of went a bit left field here. I chose the interviews of um, an honourable mention has to go to Tom Philippe when he said he kicked Stevie's leg out from under his leg at NGW Uprising.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was incredible.
0: I think I just laughed so hard (laughs) when I heard that. I'm like, wait, did he really say that? (laughs) Uh, But I, I gave it to... Jack J Bonzer, as he confronted Robbie Eagles in the hot package before uh, PWA and Farley Dojo present Lager Down Under in December.
1: Fantastic. No arguments there. I just
0: found it really good. Bonzer's in this room in this suit, and Robbie walks in and goes, what's all this about? And Bonzer's going, you're not here. You're saying you want to save the wrestling scene, and you're not here. What are you doing to help? Robbie just comes back at him.
1: Um, go ahead. I've got another couple of honorable mentions as well. Um, there was, ahead, a, there was a video Avery put out, uh, where she talked oh. about a where she broke out of prison and then she's like, Oh, did people believe that my hip was broken? Like, well, I completely forgot about that
0: until you just mentioned it. It was before the Scarlet Bordeaux match at WrestleRock. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was it wasn't really promo of the year but it was video of the year worthy it was just well produced it was and... it got the point across and it made me really want to see avery wrestle and which is... i always do anyway big <laughs> fan of the bin chicken and
0: this is more so what this category is um best promo so i can be best speaker on the mic best video package, best um thing that gets you invested in a match in somebody's work.
1: Yeah, and um also anything involving Loverboy Lockie Hendrix and Uncle Paul last year was fantastic. Especially the final promo after his match with uh, was it drunk Uncle Beach at Wrestle Rock? And they sung Never Ending Story. (laughs) (laughs) That that promo, that segment itself was so ridiculous, yet it keeps just sneaking into my brain when I was looking at this category. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Loverboy has to get a mention for Promo of the Year because... He's just fantastic, and I look forward to seeing how this new dimension of his gimmick goes. As much as I want to agree with you,
0: I do have to say, Nyah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's a good honourable mention. Um, internationally, I went for Cody saying that he needed his older brother at AEW Double or Nothing. I think uh, the yeah. emotion in his voice, the fact a lot of people thought this may be Dustin's last match before he moves to more of a backstage coach sort of role and him there just covered in blood. You couldn't tell what was face paint and what was blood.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I was going to pick the exact same thing. So, But? <laughs> so um, I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, I I picked the same thing. And I'd like to give honourable mentions to um, Tim Storm on NWA Power. Him talking about his mother has been just fantastic. His emotion that he has in his promos is just so believable. And also, uh, same can be said about Nick Aldis. And also... uh, Another honourable mention to Samoa Joe on commentary last year. Fantastic. Yeah, he was only on there for, what, like four weeks maybe? Yeah, but, jeez, it just reminded us that, yeah, Samoa Joe... This man got is so that- talented. Yeah. Like, you almost forgot that because he's so good and believable in the ring, you almost forget that he can talk.
0: I'd have to agree.
1: Um yep. would you like uh
0: the next category?
1: Yeah, what's the next one? Let me just bring it up here. Rising star of the year. So this now, is
0: more less yep. of like a um a rookie category. It's more somebody who you think is going to like uh what's lack like, for a better word? Double their stock, be somebody who's gonna be a big player. Uh, next year, or make moves from being relatively unknown to somebody who people talk about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I'll go first, if you don't mind. Yeah, by all means. Um, I'll give a couple of honourable mentions first. Uh, Tommy Knight, on the Australian scene, he... Is he has all the potential of being Australia's Samoa Joe, or the next Jonah Rock? He is so big, powerful. He only had a couple of appearances on MCW, but he really stood out to me as just actually is more comparable to a Tomohiro Ishii type, solid,
0: solid sort of fella.
1: Yeah, he's fantastic, and I think this next couple of years for him, he's going to get more exposure, and you're going to remember that name. And also, Richie Taylor in MCW has been an absolute standout for me. His little feud with DCT. He had a match with Robbie Eagles last year, which was fantastic. Uh Richie, Richie, Richie F and Taylor. I'm going to have it. to
0: agree with you there because he's my male choice for Australia and New Zealand is Smash Mouth Richie Taylor. 100%. And also his um, non-deathmatch deathmatch with Jimmy Havoc at MCW.
1: Oh, that was fantastic. I enjoyed uh, that. I'm just, yeah, go ahead. But like I said, I would mention him again My actual choice for rising star of the year is the 21st century success story, Matty Wahlberg, actual idiot. We've already said a lot about him. There's not much else to say. He will be the face of Australian wrestling. He's got the look. He's got size. He's got charisma. He's got an MMA background, which lends itself to believability with his moves in the ring. He's fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's there's not much that he's missing. I'd just say from an international listener's standpoint, it's just the name recognition yet hasn't reached that level. But hopefully over these next 12 months, he gets his name out to a more international market and is more recognizable worldwide.
1: And it... And in my heart, he is my true Australian Survivor All-Star, and he got robbed of being picked for the All-Star season, so <laughs> Yeah, they missed they missed the boat there. Oh mate, if because he was just starting to warm up before he got voted off, but this is we better save this for a survivor <laughs> episode instead. <laughs> Later,
0: later on down the track, we can dig those <laughs> ones out of the archive. <laughs> um, yeah, so myself, as I mentioned, I picked Smash Mouth for Taylor. I also have to mention a female choice. I felt that Steph Delander, her evolution from this time last year around this time last year, still being Facebook in PWA, being this relatively unknown luchadora, and just transforming herself into Steph Delander, the Python powerhouse. If she is not somewhere internationally in 12 months, people are mad. She has star written all
1: over her. A hundred percent. Yeah, she really does. And in terms of modern female wrestling, we are missing the monsters of days gone by. And she is a big powerhouse that can be that monster that, women's rosters all over the world desperately need. I agree. Um, um, so... if, if you're going to have a female pick, I might as well have a female pick. <laughs> and I'm going to pick Avery. Yeah, um, I'd
0: have to agree to.
1: Um, her matches with... I don't even think Scarlet Bordeaux is that great in ring, but she brought a great match out of Scarlet Bordeaux her match with uh Session Moth Martina at what was it, Brewery Brawl? Yeah, brewery, absolutely brewery insane. Brawl. Yeah, absolutely insane. Uh Avery's been a standout and uh what was that tournament she was involved in with Stardom? Uh it wasn't uh, Cinderella. No, uh, but um,
0: I can't think no. of was it like a champions carnival type tournament?
1: Yeah, and... I don't have it in front of select- me, sorry. She got selected for that, which just shows how much her star is rising, and Avery, I am a huge fan of. I've seen her live a couple of times, and she really stands out. I was lucky to not get spat on, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen her wrestle live, I think, twice at least. I think once was against... Who was it against? Kellyanne. And she had a great match against Kellyanne. So, yes, Avery is a good good choice for a female wrestler domestically. Um, Internationally, I chose Rhea Ripley. If this girl is not on main roster, and I'm talking Raw or SmackDown, the traditional main roster, in 12 months, by this time next year at the next Rumble, WWE are mad. She has world champion run all over she has the look she has poise she has the um move set like the in ring ability
1: she she is my female international pick as well surprise surprise the two aussies picking an aussie overseas but um what's there not to like about her she is lacking a little bit in her mic work, but she is so young. And she's only 23, I believe. Yeah, she's 23. She's going. She's around the same age as Tony Storm. Yeah, and honorable mention. <laughs> that is definitely an honorable mention for Tony Storm as well. But Rhea Ripley. Give it a couple of years. She's going to be that total package.
0: And then for my male wrestler, I just chose someone who I'd never heard of this time last year. And then WrestleMania weekend was everywhere on the indie scene. I had to choose freshly squeezed oh, yes. orange Casty. <laughs> <laughs> because oh. I remember asking you in our chat, like WrestleMania weekend, we're going back and forth and going, who the hell is this guy? And why has he got his hands in his pocket? And why is he no-selling any of this? And, and yeah, in the, what was it, like eight months, he's won me over.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's a very controversial figure, uh, my little dog Pockets. But, as Jim Cornette likes to say, but I am a huge fan of Orange Cassidy and... Some of the stuff he does when those hands come out of the pockets is just out of this world. I agree.
0: He He's definitely one to watch for, and I feel like if AEW had a, um, a mid-card sort of TV-level title, he might be challenging for that. Or if he tags more regularly with the best friends and then switching the pairing between the three of them, they might challenge for the tag titles but i guess time will
1: i think i think they're using him correctly with his gimmick so far like not overexposing him but also they get tremendous pops whenever he does show up i think he's being used perfectly at the moment but i would like to see a little bit more in ring from him in the future
0: i agree Um, So we'll move on to our next category. It is best tag team, stable or faction of the year. Now, the reason I've sort of expanded this from tag team to include stable and faction is because sometimes you can have a great faction or tag team. For instance, in NXT, you have Undisputed Era who can switch between the guys and they seem to work fine in whatever combination as a tag team. So I thought this would be a bit more love for the factions and stables of the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, this was a very tough category for me, actually. So, Do you want me to go first? Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Okay, so domestically, I couldn't see myself going past a stable that had a great year both here and overseas. I went with the Brat Pack, not only Nick Berry and Mitch Waterman, but also Avery. Both yes. Nick Berry uh, and Mitch I'm Waterman sure. went over to England to fight in Ring of Honour against Lifeblood. They came out doing their actual Aussiness with the water bottles and spraying the crowd. And then Avery went over to Stardom, as Alex previously mentioned just before, and fought in one of their tournaments over there.
1: Yeah, well, that is my pick as well. So we're, we're on the same page again. But... Um... I'd also like to give an honourable mention to PWA and the Nations.
0: I I just think any combination of the Nations and you're going to get a good
1: match. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, and uh, who are the members of the Nations again? Jack Bonzar. There's Mick Moretti. Uh,
0: who else is in there?
1: Jessica Troy's part of it too. <laughs> is... um.
0: Kingsley, part of the Red Nation?
1: Kingsley, that's who I was thinking With, uh, of, yeah. Uncle Jack. Yep, and they're a fantastic stable as well. Like just consistently great matches. Uh Jack Bonzer and Mick Moretti, how they don't have bigger names overseas yet is beyond me, but I think we're getting there. I think they we're still getting
0: there. do occasionally go over to Chikara, in the trios tournament, I believe yes. Moretti and Bonza went with one of the other members of the nation. My apologies, I've forgotten. But they do regularly go over to Chikara still as well. And Moretti's going to WrestleCon this year, I believe.
1: Yes. And um, Moretti was in the greatest cluster F at Joey Chanella's <laughs> spring break. Uh, yeah. definitely that match will not be mentioned in our best of lists.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, I'd have to give an honourable mention to Lux of PWA. I believe just those girls and their promo, their social marketing, how they promote themselves on the web. It is so simple yet so well done.
1: Yeah, that. That is definitely uh, on my honourable mentions list as well. Lux has been fantastic. Um, I've never even heard of them before the start of last year, and I've just grown to be a big, big fan of them.
0: Um, So moving on to internationally, I can't see this going any other way. I chose the Elite simply because you have no Elite. You have no all-weight wrestling.
1: Well, when you put it that way, that sort of makes me feel bad for not picking them. That's all <laughs> but, right. But in terms of in-ring and uh, quality matches and dominance, the Undisputed Era had an incredible year. <laughs> Absolutely I'd have, incredible.
0: I'd have to agree. I'm going to give them an honourable mention. If if you take them out of NXT, along with the other call-ups that happened this year, that roster is very depleted at a critical stage going head-to-head
1: with AEW. 100%. And they they are the backbone of NXT they are what's holding everything together and why they are competitive on wednesday nights in america yes i'd have to agree but uh, definitely the latest an honorable mention for me um My heart sort of wants to give the New Day an honourable mention, but they had a very lackluster second half of the year. I have to say, other
0: than the Kofi win, they didn't really seem to do a whole lot as a tag team this year. They won the matches for Kofi to get to WrestleMania and then Kofi won the title and that was sort of about it for a tag team for the year.
1: Yeah, then Kevin Owens joined him for a couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's right. When one of Big E Tories quad or something doing the splits
1: live on TV. Yeah. And then we had the Big O. Uh, lest we forget.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to move into our big five categories now. And the first one will be male wrestler of the year. Alex, would you like to start off internationally this time?
1: Okay. Well, in terms of uh, how much I want to see them whenever they're on television or in a ring, I can't look past Cody Rhodes. Um, His promos, his matches have been outstanding, Yes, he's only really been consistently wrestling weekly for three months of the (laughs) latter end of the year, but I don't think there's many people that had as fantastic of a year as Cody Rhodes. Hmm. Storylines, I'd have to
0: agree. Match-wise, I still think there was someone better.
1: And I think I know who you're going to mention.
0: Go ahead. I'm going to look across the oceans to New Japan and pick out Will Ospreay. Just no matter his partner, no matter what weight division he was positioned in, he put on match-of-the-night performances. He went from a gruelling... Uh, Best of the Super Juniors having, I think, a two-week break before going into the G1 this year. The man competed in every tournament bar one he was eligible for.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree.
0: Um, Which is something I don't think we've seen in this modern era of New Japan.
1: And you talked about earlier on in the podcast how the differences between you and I me favouring story, you favouring match quality. And I think that's really evident in our picks for wrestler of the year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's two, two sides of the coin. It's, it's, which do you prefer?
1: Yeah. Because I'd have to agree. I do not disagree with Will Ospreay being outstanding all year, but in terms of being invested in matches, I was, I've, always 100% eyes glued to the television whenever Cody Rhodes is on my screen.
0: Yeah, and I'd have to agree. If if you're more storyline-inclined, inc- I'd think Cody would have been your your wrestler of the year this year. Um, So let's go to Best Male Wrestler locally, and I think I know where you're going to go.
1: Yes, so I'm actually going to go to MCW, Oh, and, really? Yeah. I, trust me, I, I kind of want to pick Maddie Wahlberg, but I can't deny Slex for his year he's had and his rise to the top spot in MCW, which has now led to him signing with Ring of Honor. Uh, Slex is the business. He has had me hooked for every one of his main event matches last year. He is fantastic. You can't, I I can't argue against picking Slex. (laughs) Well,
0: actually I couldn't go past either of these men and couldn't split the difference. I actually picked Slex from MCW for the same reasons you just mentioned and Matty Wahlberg from PWA. I think if you took, either man out of their respective companies this year. It's a very different 2019 for both promotions.
1: Well, if you can pick joint winners, there we go. <laughs> I'll pick them both because it was really picking between fine hairs to decide which one I wanted to pick out of the two. So they're both fantastic and they both had incredible years.
0: Yeah, and I think if you took... The time Wahlberg was away from PWA was for filming Survivor, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the only time he missed and Lex Mitch's time with the birth of his child. If both men missed more of the year, I think you'd see a dramatic change in um yeah both promotions because Wahlberg, in my opinion, has had a standout year and... I think he's very due for a uh, world title run in PWA.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Um, So we'll move on to our next category. It is best female wrestler of the year. Um, Would you like to start locally or internationally for this one, Alex? Uh,
1: We'll start internationally. Um, I... I find it hard to not pick her because I am one of the few people that actually enjoys her style, but um, Shayna Baszler is my pick. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't like her online for her. Apparently, there's an argument that her. Matches that take over don't ever live up to expectations, but I enjoy them. And she brings a certain realism. And when she walks out, she has this look that makes me think the S is about to hit the fan. And she just she's... looks like business. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's fantastic in my eyes. And I'm looking forward to fingers crossed her winning the Rumble.
0: Yes, yes, I should say we're actually just recording this before the Rumble. And oh,
1: did I date us? Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we've already done that three or four times over. But um,
1: right.
0: I will say I did my picks in December. And for that reason, I'm not going to change. And I chose... TNA, oh sorry, Impacts Tessa Blanchard. Yes.
1: Yeah, um <laughs>
0: aside from she the recent def- con- she was definitely on my list.
1: list. Yeah. Yep. I feel oh.
0: this is who I chose before the end of December. This is where I'm sticking. Of course, she's stuff has come to light and it's evident she's not as nice a person as people thought i'm going to say from a match standpoint for 2019 i think she put on some of the better matches and this is just judging female the female that i've seen from across a north american market that being said I i do not watch a lot of women's wrestling from japan it is simply because it is, A, behind a paywall, and, B, I'd rather put some more money towards the local scene.
1: Yep, I agree. Um, I'd like to give honourable mentions, obviously, to our very own Rhea Ripley. And also, you can't talk about 2019's women's wrestling without mentioning the man Becky Lynch, who... Had a fantastic first half of the year, in my opinion, and that is why she didn't win it for me. I think half just.
0: Becky's year went from Survivor Series to WrestleMania. If it had started at the Rumble and went through to SummerSlam, I think hands down that stretch of time she wins.
1: Yeah, definitely. If it's
0: in the single calendar year. Definitely. Um. I'd have to agree. I'd give Becky an honourable mention just because if she doesn't have that momentum from Survivor Series weekend where she creates this new Becky, the man character, and just slowly works her way towards this main event at WrestleMania, would have people been just invested in Charlotte and Ronda? Maybe. Would they have been invested as much after seven and a half hours as Becky winning? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Uh, So, go on. Shall we go domestically now? Yes, I think I know who you're going for this one.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, first of all, I'm going to give very honourable mentions to Kellyanne, who is always a favourite of mine. And I've probably... Been a big fan of hers for about three, four years now. When I first saw her live, um, also another honourable mention to Jessica Troy, who's had a fantastic year, and also to Shazza McKenzie for all she's done this past year, for where she's popped up and all that. But my pick for female wrestler of the year is Avery. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I'd have to agree. Honorable mentions to Shazza, Jessica, Troy, and Indy Hartwell, who managed to get signed to the WWE in the back half of the year. But I'm going to agree and make it a clean sweep. I think Avery is the Women's Wrestler of the Year for Australia and New Zealand.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, She has it all. There's just this grittiness to her. You kind of feel filthy just for watching her, but it's fantastic. Um, she's she's willing to throw it all out on the line to entertain the fans, and it's very obvious. Like, there's no length that she won't go to to put on a great match, including some of the
0: more uh, hardcore or extreme rules. Uh, matches yeah. in Wrestle Rock, including some of her matches which have been uh, mixed gender or
1: yep. intergender. In- including jumping off a shipping container onto Session Moss Martino or all that sort of stuff. Like, insane. Yeah. It's,
0: and this is not to mention the fact she got, um, she was going to go to the UK to wrestle. And then she said she was injured and turned up that she wanted to go to Wrestle Rock to wrestle Scarlett Bordeaux instead.
1: Yeah. Oh, was she injured? Just... We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. But yeah, she's fantastic. And, and, then... I, and she's getting a little bit more exposure internationally. And I can't wait to see what the future has in store for Avery. Especially the last bit of the year where she went over to Stardom and wrestled. Yes, yeah, and that's just awesome. Stardom's really doing some good things at the moment, and they're partnered up with New Japan. So hopefully, that's not the last time we see Avery in Stardom, and hopefully, this will bring her more international exposure.
0: I'd have to agree. I think she is definitely one to watch for the future. So we come to our big three uh, awards. <laughs> <Our> <laughs> events, geez, I wish. Um, So <laughs> third last award, best company of the year. So how some people will say, oh, NXT is the best company of the year, but WWE was the worst. No, 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 no. It's the one combined company. It can't be both best and worst. So, Alex, who do you think was the best international company of the year?
1: Well, I'm going to have to give an honourable mention to NWA, which... I was not expecting anything when they came out of the woodwork last year. I was like, this is going to be horrible. And like I said earlier on, I'm a huge fan. I look forward to watching NWA each week, but my pick for best company of the year is new Japan pro wrestling.
0: I'd have to agree. It's, it constantly delivers, whether it's its tournaments or its international tours or its domestic big events. It just plain delivers.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they were able to expand Wrestle Kingdom into two nights. Yes, I, I think the rumors are that they're not quite happy about how many tickets they sold or whatever, but they were still able to. Bring in thirty thousand plus for two nights in a row at the Tokyo Dome. That's incredible.
0: I'd have to agree. My well, th- that'd be this year. My only criticism would be some of the undercard matches on a t- on a two night Tokyo Dome didn't feel Tokyo Dome worthy.
1: Yep. Yeah. But the fact if- that they were able to sell those tickets two nights in a row at Tokyo dome all goes down to the work that they'd done in 2019 to build up to the Tokyo dome. And it was fantastic. Uh their G one tournament had me hooked all, all, uh, every day I watched it and it was fantastic. Um, bringing in guys like Moxley and Jericho was special attractions. And even having Moxley in the G1 was fantastic. Um, is insanely good. Will Ospreay's just hitting another level right now. It's insane. And I think the thing a lot of people
0: overlook is they lost the elite the same time Ring of Honor did. And you look at those two companies side by side at Madison Square Garden which one performed better with the loss of the elite and which one struggled.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Also, I would like to give an honourable mention to AEW. I have completely forgot to give them an honourable mention. But as, as far as like AEW and NWA, they were consistently putting out product maybe the last three months of the year so I wouldn't feel right giving them company of the year I'd I'd have to agree I think
0: give it another year and it will tell where they sit in the grand scheme of things however they are both honourable mentions and are looking good with the position they're in from October onwards
1: yeah exactly and also you can't actually deny that Maybe there's an argument that WWE is company of the year financially.
0: (laughs) Yes, with their record income.
1: Yeah, it's insane the amount of money that they're doing. Uh, Let's just say, internationally, the wrestling business is fantastic, and also domestically too. Would you say business is booming? I just (laughs) swirled around my imaginary sunglasses and now they're placed on my head.
0: Oh, geez. Um, So let's turn to domestically. Which company do you think performed the best this year?
1: I'm going to have to give it to MCW. Yeah. Yeah. My award choices make it pretty obvious that there's only a few different companies that I watch domestically, but as we've said earlier, you guys give us some feedback, tell us what to watch, tell us what you want to hear us talk about, and hopefully by the award show next year, there'll be a bit more variety in my choices, but I'm going to have to give it to Melbourne City Wrestling. Uh, Fantastic year. Starting off with Gino as their champ and that big uh, winner takes all title match with Slex. The Inner Commonwealth title tournament was fantastic. Danny Psycho coming out of nowhere and winning it, fantastic stuff. And him just being a monster now. And Uh, finally having an MCW Women's Championship. It's been a great year for MCW.
0: I'd I'd have to agree with almost everything. However, I went different than you. I I, I understand this, yep. I actually chose PWA from uh, Sydney. I just think the fact that they're doing live streaming now has changed the game
1: yeah definitely uh there's no argument from me on this end
0: i do give an honorable mention to mcw with their consistent work with their improvements with now having a women's championship for that division which for a while was one of the biggest criticism of fans of mcw but i think now that pwa do have live streaming capability and they are using their social media to say live stream this Saturday, uh, 7am Germany, whatever the time is in London and America and Japan. If you go on their Twitter page, when there's an event on, on the weekend, it will be all listed on the event posts as starting times. And that is good. As much as the internet connects us, it shows how many people are watching Mm
1: -hmm yeah definitely.
0: Um, if you're happy, we can move on to the next two events, uh, two awards. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Um so our second last award, best event of the year. Uh, um, I'll start internationally. I simply couldn't go past something that was so game changing, and I chose aew double or nothing the start of a new era the start of credible competition to wwe the start of a true alternative for wrestlers for fans
1: yep uh you're not going to get any argument from me double or nothing was fantastic um jericho and omega was okay but the moxley surprise at the end was insane uh cody versus dustin uh, you you can't look past AEW's double or nothing for event of the year.
0: Yeah, I I don't think anything else stands out. I mean, unless you're gonna pick some one of the traditional picks like a G one event or a Wrestle Kingdom or a WrestleMania. There's nothing else that comes to
1: mind that's so noteworthy. Yes, I would actually like to give I would like to give an honourable mention to the Best of the Super Juniors final um, from New Japan. That was fantastic. Uh, Osprey, Takagi, Mox versus Juice. That was a fantastic event, but nothing holds a candle to AEW's double and nothing for me.
0: Yeah. Um, and then moving domestically, as much as we'd like to wax on about double or nothing Um, domestically what did you choose for your event of the year
1: so i picked uh probably not too much of a surprise mcw's clash of the titans um you had the winner takes all match with chino gambino versus slacks you had a fantastic triple threat match with indy hartwell avery and Kellyanne. There was a TLC Tag Team Championships match with uh, The Law, The Loose and the Reckless versus The Brat Pack. And you also, just for the heck of it, you got uh, Richie Taylor versus Robbie Eagles. It was a fantastic show from top to bottom.
0: I actually gave that one of my honourable mentions alongside the aforementioned event that ran opposite the same night, PCW Slam. But for myself, I couldn't look past PWA Black Label Coliseum 2.
1: Yeah, that was a fantastic event. I can't argue.
0: And we don't have a lot of two-night events in Australia, so guiltily I've combined it into one overall event. And I just think the fact now that this is starting to become a destination weekend for Australian wrestling fans... shows how big this is after just two years
1: yeah definitely i also like to give an honorable mention to pwa's all eyes on troy fantastic event too
0: yes that was the one headlined by jessica troy and shazza mckenzie for the pwwa women's title
1: yeah
0: um yeah i just think the fact that Even PWA Coliseum 2 is getting fans not only traveling from Australia and New Zealand, but from the world. There was people there from the UK, people there from Germany, PWA was saying on their Twitter. So it shows after just two years what a destination event this is for Australian wrestling. Yeah, I agree. And then finally, we have our final award, best match of the year. Alex, would you like to start internationally or domestically?
1: I'll start domestically. Um, I'm going to pick something that I don't actually think you you would think I would pick. I'm picking Jessica Troy versus Shaz McKenzie, all eyes on Troy, uh, because that match made me a PWA fan. And I, I was hooked.
0: I've actually got that matchring down here, Shasta McKenzie versus Jessica Troy PWWA <laughs> title. <laughs> all eyes on Troy. Yeah, um, it honorable, is
1: what... men- honorable mentions to uh Robbie Eagles versus Richie Taylor. Uh I guess Robbie Eagles versus Will Ospreay could technically fit in this category. Um and also Slex versus Geno, that was fantastic. But just for the this... entrance alone. <laughs> yeah, that entrance was incredible.
0: <sighs> but yeah, yeah, I think I gave it this a chance for joining the new OVO play on this night, and I'm like, oh, live streaming, I'm not sure how this is gonna go. And yeah, it worked without a hitch, and since then I've been joined on PWA Black Label on obo play i just i just really enjoyed it they didn't make a big deal this is the women headlining they just told the story this is jessica Troy trying to win the title from a dominant champion in shazza mckenzie who's held it for around 600 days and bang off we go
1: oh and the false finishes and the emotion involved in that match it was fantastic um Yeah, I can't say enough good things about that match.
0: I don't know how much um, Matt Watts in Sydney holds, but it did sound a lot louder than what it looked on the um, live stream. Yeah, definitely. So we move on to our last award. Uh, We've got to do... uh... Best match of the year internationally. Uh, Yep, yep. Sorry, I got a bit lost there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll go first if you don't mind
1: yeah go for it
0: so an honorable mention to Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay um Southern Showdown I think it was called at Festival Hall for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship yep and also an honorable mention to Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay 97 of the G1 but I had to give it to Will Ospreay, Shingo Takage Takagi, sorry, uh, best of the Super Juniors final from this past year. I just think without doubt those two went out and put on a match where they weren't limited by their weight division they were fighting in. They just put on a match for the ages.
1: Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't argue, but it is not my pick. Um, that is a fantastic match. Um, it was. It's definitely on my honourable mentions. Um, also on my honourable mentions, I'd like to mention from the same night Moxley versus John Moxley versus Juice Robinson because that was the first. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the first time we'd seen Moxley wrestle outside of the WWE was for that um, match.
0: I'm pretty... His, his first appearance was double or nothing, but his first match was against Juice, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he came... I, I was never a big Dean Ambrose fan in terms of in-ring, but then he came out there as John Moxley, and he won me over. He was hard-hitting... It was believable. There was this aggression. That was a fantastic match, and it sort of set the tone for the run that Moxley's having right now, which he might be one of the hottest commodities in wrestling right now. And, Um, yep.
0: I will say, though, the only problem that New Japan having a U.S. title on Mox is he can't defend it in the U.S.,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a questionable decision, that one.
0: So, uh, sorry, go ahead with your honorable, honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, and I'd also like to um, give mention to uh, Moxley versus Ishii from the G- G1, which was just exactly the sort of match I love from Japanese wrestling. And Okada and Osprey, fantastic. Um, but my pick for match of the year, which probably isn't a surprise to you, is from AEW's Double or Nothing. It is Cody versus Dustin. The storytelling, the emotion, it's what I love in wrestling.
0: I'd agree. It's a great match, but it just didn't quite make the list for myself.
1: Yeah, uh... What Dustin can still do at his age is just incomprehensible. Yeah, when
0: when you see him without half his face pain, and you realise, oh, geez, you are older now. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. But that is my pick for Match of the Year internationally.
0: And we have come to the end of our picks for our best of show. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss this time, Alex?
1: Uh, no. Um, I think we've pretty much covered a lot today. Um, yeah, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, don't worry. We'll be back before you know it in February covering the Australian scene and New Zealand scene from across January. Scheduling permitted. Um, but... Other than that, there's not really a great deal to say other than of course this being a award show, it's a bit longer than what we hope to put out regularly. But um yeah. anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with, Alex?
1: Um no. Um just tell a friend, tell it, spread the word. Um I'm sure Hoggy's gonna plug our social medias and all that sort of stuff, and just give us a follow and let us know like we're happy to dm and message you and if you've got any suggestions like we're just learning so any feedback is fantastic
0: yes absolutely um you can follow us on twitter at wrestle of style that's all one word wrestle of style but yeah we are looking for your genuine feedback this is our first edition let us know was it good Was it bad? Is there any particular streaming service that you think we should be watching over the next 12 months to include in our best of awards? Is there any particular match from the archives you think we should be doing? There are a few things we have up our sleeves which we're hoping to introduce over maybe the next few months if all things go well, and we'll take it from there. Alex, where can the good people follow you on Twitter?
1: I am at Fruity underscore Williams. And I am at I am Chris
0: Funder. Thank you very much. And we'll speak to you next time. Remember, we're taking over.
1: Peace.